Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I did just want to say, even before I start preaching this morning, it's one thing that I love about the bigger family of Josh Jin is that, um, yes, we, we have our local congregations, but there's also a massive thing we're a part of. And um, in that, we have amazing people that are part of that. And so we have Alan and Lorene, they're visiting us this morning. I wonder if you could just give them a round of applause. And MC. Um, MC is Andrew and MC. And then we also have our good friend, Ali Cox. She, her and her husband lead the Brooklyn Congregation. And so, yeah, it's good to have you guys here today. Thanks for being here. Um, cool. So I, I actually f- I felt from when I got up this morning quite a like a, a sensitivity in my spirit towards this. And I was saying to Sam, how do you, every time somebody preaches, they, there's this emphasis that what I'm going to say is important. And I was like, babe, how do you convey how important something is? And Jesus would start like this. He would say, truly, truly, I say to you. And so I want to ask you this morning, um, the guy standing at the back are making me nervous. It feels like you're about to like jump me or something. I don't know what's going on. Um, And I'd like to say to you this morning, truly, truly, I say to you, can you hear what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to say to you this morning? I don't want to try and um, impress you or appease you or, or share something with you this morning that you think is amazing. I really have this sense that God wants to deposit. He wants to do an exchange this morning. He wants to take something that we might have seen as the truth and exchange that for a truth. And so this morning, I want to preach about this topic. And as I'm preaching a message, I also want to lead us as a congregation. So if you are a member and this is your home and you're a part of this congregation, part of this message is directional in a direction where we want to go as a church. And part of this message is the good news of what Jesus is saying. And even if you don't belong here, there is a truth. You do belong. (laughs) If this isn't your home every single week and with us, there's a truth that the Lord wants to put in your heart this morning. And so I want to talk about the need to belong and the call to community. And so inside, and I know some of you think you're pretty tough. Newsflash, you're not. And some of you think you're pretty, uh, we're like, I don't need to belong inside every single human being is a massive driving force and it is called the need to belong. Psychiatrists and psychologists have termed it, it's literally become a word, belongingness. And without it, people cannot function. Did you know that? And there are many studies. There's guys called Gregory Walton. He's a social psychologist in Stanford. And there are many psychiatrists and psychologists all around the world that will tell you that the human need to belong, psychologists even put it second to physical. So you have a need to eat, sleep, be safe. Second to that is your need to belong. And do you know that the need to belong drives behavior and how we live our lives. And I want to show us that inside of every single one of us, there is a desire to belong to others, but more importantly, there is a fact that Jesus comes and he gives us this truth and he comes and he calls us and he calls us to himself. And when he does that, he calls us into community. Do you know that in the beginning was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? 
In the beginning was not even God isolated and alone. No, no, even God is three. Even in the Trinity, community is modeled. And from the second that even God put Adam on the earth, it is not good for man to be alone. God created. You know, in Genesis, it speaks about creation. It says God created, God created, God created, God created. And everything was good. But what was not good? It was not good for man to be alone. Before sin, something was not good. That thing was loneliness. And so it is globally considered a pandemic, the loneliness pandemic. We've, I've spoken about this last year, the fact that certain nations of the world, even in their cabinet, have appointed ministers of loneliness because they have identified that in society, it's in Japan and in Britain, we have a pandemic of loneliness, which is weird because we think, how could you be sitting here this morning in a group of people at the same venue doing the same things yet feel lonely. And that is the difference between attending and belonging. And there's this incredible truth that I want to show us this morning where Jesus says you can't belong together until you belong to Him. And so what I mean when I said earlier is that belongingness drives behavior is because do you know that if you can't find a place to belong, do you know what you will start to do? You will start to create your own rules and conditions for belonging. So, for example, you will define what it would mean for you to belong. Maybe that means you take on a new identity. Or maybe that means you start accepting every identity. Or you start being accepting as you can, because if I accept them, then they will accept me. And so what you have is you have a lonely culture that has swung from an extreme of no belonging to we accept Everything, because the void that we are consistently trying to fill is the fact that you need to belong. God has put that need in your life inside of you from Adam. And there is only one way to fulfill that. There is only one way to find belonging. There is only one place to find belonging. There is only one person that you can belong to first. And do you know that even as a Christian, you cannot, and I'm happy to have this discussion afterwards if you disagree, I would love to have that conversation. You cannot be a Christian on your own. It's impossible. Do you know that you cannot be a Muslim on your own? Do you know that you can't be a Buddhist on your own? Do you know that you can't be a Hindu on your own? Do you know that there is actually nothing that you can do on your own? And fundamentally, the Lord has designed it, that you cannot serve Jesus alone. And so what happens is, and this is why it's this incredibly great exchange, is because Jesus doesn't come and give us belonging and bring acceptance. I accept all of you. Everybody, just the way you are right now, every one of you are accepted. Because that's what you want to hear. Because you think that's what will bring belonging. But inside of you, we all know that there is stuff inside of us that prevents us from belonging, actually. And so Jesus does... What society can't, he brings healing, he brings forgiveness, he removes our transgressions, 
and he brings us into fellowship in the light. So give me a little bit of your time and I'll explain this in a way that we understand it. Is that cool? Everybody on board? Anybody checked out yet? Okay, great. I want us to look at the scripture and it's in uh, Matthew 4 verse 18 and it starts this. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw two brothers. And I want you to understand what Jesus is doing. Jesus is establishing the template for his disciples. He is calling men to follow him who will imitate him after he goes. He always knew he was going, and so he chose men that would leave behind what he puts inside of them. Okay. So everything Jesus does with the disciples has an intention. And as he was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to draw others. Not, come, follow me, and I will make you great. Not, come, follow me, and I will establish you as the rock. Or, come, follow me, and I'll give you... They heard that. All the disciples heard, come follow me and I'll make you my disciple, meant like, oh my word, we're going to become something. Because that's what we do to fulfill the void of belonging. We try to establish an identity. I am tough, or I am wealthy, or I am accepting, or I am strong, or I am gentle, or we try everything in the way that we live to establish an identity. I'm going to motivate it further. The big decisions you made this week in your life, just after payday, they are all shaped around your identity. Where your money goes, I can show you by your budget what you value most in life. Or lack thereof. Come follow me and I will show you how to add others. So they left their nets at once and followed him a little further up the shore. Can you imagine? That must have sucked. It was like, we were the only ones following Jesus. A little further, he adds more. There was just that like, even that moment of being, nobody got to be called the one disciple because he called two. Even from the beginning, Jesus wasn't like, come and have this special one, and then a special one, and then a special one, and then a... No, no, no. He calls two brothers. And just as they have the chance to celebrate like they're the chosen ones, he calls two more. That is the nature of Jesus, is that when he calls you, he calls Declan. In all his, whoever he is, in his identity and everything. But then just as he gets, he calls Cliff. And he calls Tony, and he calls Julie, and he calls... And so the Lord's call is that you cannot serve Jesus in isolation. And if you do, the world, not even telling you Daniel as a preacher doing his best homework, the best psychologists and psychiatrists in the world will tell you that if you try to do anything alone, you will end up going crazy. Like, whoa, that was a far jump. I don't want to, it, it actually says that people lose their mind, they become psychopathic behavior, they suicide, depression, anxiety. These will appear to people who do not belong. Not they might, not that you are the exception. No, no, no. These are signs of people who don't belong. 
And I'm not saying they're the only signs. I'm saying these are signs, though. He calls two other brothers sitting in a boat and their father Zebedee, and he called them to come. They immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. Can you imagine that, just leaving their father behind? And I want to show you something this morning that I think as Christians we miss or confuse. I think so often we think what qualifies us is very different to what Jesus looked to qualify people to follow him. I think what we think qualifies us is who I am and what I do. And what Jesus saw qualified them was their commitment to walk with him and others. I'll show you. In Matthew 18 verse 22. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side. So he took his little his little community of guys who are busy shaping what he's actually, he's actually teaching them the kingdom the whole time. He's saying the kingdom and he's showing them the kingdom is this. It's, it's, a, it's fishermen, it's terrorists, it's tax collectors, it's everybody who has nothing in common. I'm going to cause you to love each other and build this community where you love and lay down your lives and these become your brothers and this is going to show the world that you're my disciples. That this is what belonging looks like. Where it doesn't matter what you do or where you came from or how it looks. It's the fact that you are mine and then because you're mine, you belong to one another. And so he sends his disciples away and then one of the teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. The religious approach. And while that, he means... He didn't literally mean I'll follow you wherever you go. He meant I will do all the things that you tell me to do. There are teachers. I will follow all the rules that you tell me to follow. You are not a believer by what you do. You are not a believer because of what you believe. Ha! Your faith without works is dead. It's a scripture. You can't say, I love God, if you don't love one another. It's a scripture. It's lived out this way. There's no point in, I'm like trying to have the most incredible relationship with Jesus. I hate these people and I can't stand them. And I, and I, and I struggle with people and I just want to be on my own and serve Jesus. That will be the battle until you die. And the, and the only reason is because you're choosing to hold on to that. Uh, please, my tone is not harsh this morning. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm doing that. I'm zealous about this thing. Do you know why? I always tell my wife and I consistently say this. Do you know why I literally have no life outside of the church? Do you think it's for your sake? Partly is. But I need this. I know that Dan Barnard needs to belong to a family. Because without belonging, I'll go crazy. Because without actually a feeling of belonging to one another, not where it's just me serving, I love Rory and I will lay down my life for Rory and I want to see Rory come into wholeness. But a part of belonging is that Rory feels the same way about me. And so there's this culture that Jesus models. It's not about the few serving them. No, no, Jesus would say, but for you guys it's different. You come to serve. 
The greatest is the least. The head is the tail. I'm jumping ahead, forgive me. Teach me what I must do and I'll do it. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. So another one of his disciples said, Lord, first let me go home and bury my dad. Seems like a very valid excuse if you ask me. Am I right? Family funeral. But Jesus told him, follow me. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Yo. What is the prerequisite that Jesus is putting in front of people? They saying, hello, if you are looking for Christians, we want to become them. Is the entry that he says, well, you have to know about the Holy Spirit. Well, you have to be baptized. Well, you have to, no, no, no. The first thing is this. If you want to follow me and me by a disciple, you have to be committed to this thing. Because do you know what takes more commitment than anything else? Living this out. Because as much as the person next to you needs commitment for you guys to get through whatever you might go through, you need commitment because of who you are. And so one of the, one of the family dynamics that is in the kingdom, that is not in the world, is that we are committed to each other. That it's not, we're not mutually joined because we all follow the same principles. No, no, to follow Jesus is I'm committed to walking as you walked. I'm committed to loving him as, I, as you told me to love. Commitment is the entry point to becoming a disciple of Jesus. It's not a who wants a golden ticket. Who wants, who wants one little moment? where your eternity has changed. All you have to do is acknowledge that you did bad things and that God can forgive them. Then you'll be saved. No, there is a commitment. If you want to follow Jesus, it means you must die. It means that your preferences that you base your life on or the, the things that rule your decisions die. And Jesus and the believers become a priority in my life. So many amens today. It's lucky. Alan, give me one. Thank you. <sighs> Just so you guys know, the equivalent is like you guys doing your most important meeting in front of the CEO. That's what's happening right now. Like, I could lose my job tomorrow. Can you just give me a little bit of an amen? <laughs> Jesus takes a terrorist, a zealot, Peter, who was so they, would, they were insurgents against Rome. Okay? That's Peter. Peter, whenever you read about him, you must understand that his personality was a little bit like me, the rebel. Whoa. We don't have to have five of me. It's okay. I struggled enough seeing myself once on the screen today. Peter is one of the, he's the, the zealot. So do you know who Jesus pairs him with? Matthew, the tax collector. Do you know what the tax collector was? The betrayer of Israel for money. He sold out his people. He literally defrauded people of money. They would have to come and pay tax. He could charge what he wanted, and he did, and he stole from people. Jesus says, you two who hate each other out there, 
You want to be my disciples? I'm going to teach you to love each other. I'm going to teach you two to sleep next to each other at night. I'm going to teach you two to become more than brothers. Do you know what they had in common? Jesus. Do you know what you and I have in common? Jesus. And the believers had all things in common. Why? Because of Jesus. When we talk about the fact that, guys, community is something that is of value in this church, it's not Wednesday night. Actually, if the only time you are seeing other people in this church is Sunday and Wednesday, I don't think we're living the value of community. Now I'm stepping on toes. Now I've touched your diaries. Austin really upset you this morning because he touched your wallet. Now I'm touching your diaries. It's like, do, do you even want people to join this church? What is going on here? Why? Because the bar is this high. The bar is commitment. Commitment to believers. Commitment to finances. Commitment to time. I was chatting to someone else this week and we realized in our mutual conversation that, do you know that even because you, you might have been a part of Josh Jane for years and years and years and years and years. And so you've got all these relationships outside of this local family. And so you can spend your time with church people all the time, yet you're not actually building a family that God has asked us to build, which is this congregation. And so you could have your diary filled with seeing somebody else all the time. Like, actually, I'm seeing Christians all the time. Guys, this is the relationships that God has asked us to walk with. The psychologists, so they say, do you know what determines um, belonging first? More than anything else in terms of relational belonging. Proximity. They say you naturally belong closest and most easily to those who you see most often. So what you'll find is that at work, you'll start to want a sense of belonging. Or if you're a teacher at schools, or if you're a student at schools, or those who you spend the most time with, you'll be you behaviorally will try the most to relate to that group. Did you know that? How much more for those who are a part of a local congregation? This is where you belong. First to Jesus, and then to one another. Moving on. Potential followers are turned away, not because of their skills, gifts, abilities, or lack of... Oh, I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't bring much to the table. That's fine. Are you willing to be committed? Are you committed to following Jesus? Are you committed to living a life of repentance? Are you committed to loving others above yourself? Are you committed to serving? Well, then you can be my disciple. But I don't have much to bring to the table. That's enough. But I can't lead people. You don't have to. You can love them. That's why I, Jesus, I will lead my church. I will build my church. His Holy Spirit leads us. There's not one man here that leads this thing. There's Andrew and MC at the spearhead of what God did in Josh Jen. And he leads through them. And then there's a co-eldership team and an eldership team. And there's elders and deacons and leaders that God leads through men. But it's not a man. It's this. 
It's so scary. I nearly titled my preach, Are You In or Out? <laughs> and I realized I really wouldn't have a job tomorrow if you said out. <laughs> are, you, are you in 40% or not? Because for Jesus, if you were in 40%, then you might want to be in, but you're out. Ain't no pain. We should have just carried on worshiping. I'm going to skip through all of this. Sorry. There's examples. I have, there are, you just have to read the New Testament. You will see examples of how hard it was for those disciples to work together. They're trying to outdo each other. They're trying to outshine each other. Make me sit at your left and your right. They even ask their mom, hey mom, could you go speak to Jesus and like, maybe I could sit at this side. And, can you imagine that? Getting his, hey mom, could you help me out? Can you imagine how the other disciples felt when their mom went to go speak to Jesus? Like, bro, you sent your mother. That's not fair. There is so much inner turmoil. and There's so much working out. With the, these people are so different. Do you know what? I love you, but you and I are so different. You and I are so different. I'm so much worse than you. I'm so much more emotional work than you are. Because we all carry so much stuff. And if that determines when you belong, do you know what? And this is the ploy of the enemy. Then you never belong. If you have to deal with stuff to belong, do you know what you start to do? And I promise you, that to validate what I'm saying, I want you to look at society and tell me if I'm true or not. We have gotten to the point where we cannot point out anything right or wrong because then it might mean if I say no, I won't belong. So we just start to accept everything. That's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Oh, let's love everyone. Okay, you can do that. Okay, you can do that. Okay, you can do that. Okay, as long as you don't reject me, I won't reject you. Because that's what, internally, that's one of our biggest fears. I will be rejected. And so we become wide and inclusive of everybody and everything. You can come and you can come. And, and then those who judge, we scorn it because we actually all, we are all deeply afraid of judgment. And this is why Jesus does this incredible thing where he says, when you belong to me, I took judgment. He was judged so that you don't have to be. You will be judged at the end of your life. But Jesus is the one who bore the weight of sin and shame. To live in community and the kingdom of God is to live by a different set of standards to the world that we know. There's so many other things that I'm skipping. Sorry. So one of the things that we try and replace belonging and feeling together, and, and again, this is because it's a basic need, you will see it in everywhere in the world that we live in. So we create things to feel a part of. Do you know that this is how ingrained it is? So we have social media, right? Social media, the primary reason of social media is to generate finance. You did, did you know that? The, it's not so that you can talk to your auntie in Australia. Because that's why everyone validates why, they, why are you on social media? Ah, oh, to connect with my friends who don't live where I live. Okay, cool. Great for you. 
you can ask Marie. Marie and I, we've had conversations about this and, and how attention, we, th- you know what, it's designed to make you feel so good about yourself and to connect you with people. You are just being sold as a product. And do you know what deep need they're tapping into? Your need to belong. And so you'll find a Facebook group for anything that you like. You'll find a, a group of people doing the same thing. Why? Because you can belong here. You know, you can all, everybody who drives BMW motorbikes, you can be over here. And everybody who drives Suzuki motorbikes, you can be over here. And everybody who doesn't have a motorbike, you can be over here. And then we desperately separate ourselves into tribes all the time because we're trying to cure a deep-seated need inside of us, and it's because we're lonely. Yeah, surfers are another bunch. They're so lonely that they, they want a group, but they don't want the group to surf with them. A surfer's best friend is someone who can video them surfing. It's like, don't be in the water, just take pictures of me doing what I'm doing in the water. <laughs> and, and so this is what happened, because remember, what you experience every day acclimatizes you to what you start to perceive as your actual needs. So because we have connection, we assume we have community. So because you're on seven WhatsApp groups with everybody in the church, you feel like you're connected to the church, but that doesn't mean that you're in communion with the church. That doesn't mean that you're actually knitted in to the family and an active contributing part. It means you just send prayer hands and high fives. No, am I wrong? Okay. We are so used to being loosely connected that we think that is quality time. And so you have people, and this is where, this is, it's so symptomatic. You find people sitting in church dying of loneliness. Connected to everybody, but in communion with nobody. Not eating in someone's house, not sleeping on someone's couch, not sharing a meal. Man, I wish I did it better. But there is so many scriptures. I, I, I had highlighted all the scriptures in the New Testament. After the, do you know Jesus, he ate every meal with his disciples wherever he went. That's what he told them. I don't have anywhere to sleep. I don't have anywhere to eat. And as he did, that's what they learned. They slept together. They ate together. That's how the disciples lived. Do you know what the church looked like when it was birthed? They lived in each other's homes. They shared meals. They were together in everything. They had all things in common. They sold their property to give. I'm not going to stand here and tell you guys, you need to do this. I'm saying, you don't do this when you don't belong. When you do belong, you give of yourself. I live out my belonging. I live out my identity. If my identity is that I must do something, if I don't have a part to play on a Sunday morning, then I don't feel like I belong. If you ever leave a meeting feeling like you had no part to play, you must understand that there is something of an identity that is the problem because the family is when we come together. And then he gives us gifts to encourage one another and to serve one another and to love one another. Do you know that even what Austin went through, I love him, and I love the fact he's bold enough. He will tell you when God disciplines him. Not many people do because we have shame. But do you know that even in the purpose of God disciplining him, he wanted to love you. 
the Lord wanted to love you through what he was doing with Austin. And so if Austin just goes through it on his own and just gets upset and doesn't do anything, that's why it says at the end of the age, when society has gone mad because it's heading that way and it will end up that way, they will overcome. And how will they overcome? They will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the fact that they are bought by the precious blood of Jesus, the fact that they belong, and by the word of their testimony. When you speak out what God is doing inside of you, it does something in others. All the believers devoted themselves, Acts 2.42, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. We skim over that. They devoted themselves. I'm not telling you you must be devoted. I'm telling you this is a fruit of someone who belongs. They're devoted to fellowship and to sharing meals. What? It says to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. When is the last time you had somebody from this context in your house for a meal that wasn't a leader? Because I promise you, I've, gone, I've spoken to our leaders about this. This is not the leaders not loving people and having meals. This is us as a congregation. Oh, when is the last time you had a meal with, you invited someone to, just because you want a friendship, you, want a, you belong to the same Jesus, you belong to the same family. Meals. I don't care your home. Yeah. I don't care the size of your home. Actually, we, even, we had a deacon's meeting this week and there's some things that we're discussing in the life of the church. And um, I can, believe it or not, I can be quite a systems guy. I like to think of clever ways and systems and how do we do this and do that. It intrigues me. And so I come up with this great idea that um, we're going to do this thing. And what we'll do is we'll get everybody to commit a small amount of money. Then at least their hearts are in. And, and Julie DeLisle stops meeting. She's like, no, that's not how we do it. Our value is we just eat simply. We just bring and share. We just eat what we have. Sometimes we don't have people in our homes because you can't afford to have it. I invited visitors to church last week. They didn't come back, so I'm blaming you guys. It's your fault. And the first response is, I said, can you come to my house on Sunday after church for lunch? And they said, it's tight, eh? We don't have any money. I was like, we don't either, but you can eat what's in our fridge. There's something of... of eating together and being together that the Lord that's, that's what belonging feels like and do you know what belonging is on the responsibility of the isolated one if you are the one sitting here feeling like I'm lonely, I don't feel connected to this, the onus is on you it's not telling everybody else to invite you and make sure that you feel loved and welcome. No, no. You have a responsibility. That's why Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And it will be the same among you. That's what he told them. Philippians 2, Paul teaches, the attitude of Christ. Have this attitude among you. Don't look to your own interests. But in the same regard as Jesus, who was equal to Christ, came to earth and he died. He came to serve every single one of us. It's the same for us. Okay, the tone has gotten great. I really want you to understand that there is nothing in this. Well, there is something to gain for me. I want to belong with you. I 
I was going to read this whole thing in 1 John 5. I'm, I'm going to go there now. I'm 36 minutes and I'm landing. Last scripture, landing. Do that. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now I declare to you, God is light. That means God is perfect. There's nothing wrong with God. God is perfection. If you feel lonely and isolated, God is not the problem. If you feel rejected and alone, God is light. God is not the problem. He's perfect. If, if you're angry with God, He's not the problem. And there's no darkness in Him. There's nothing malicious about God. There's nothing vindictive or angry or mean. God is perfect. So we're lying. Bold statement. If God is perfect, we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in darkness. We are not practicing the truth. I'll get there. But if we're living in the light, if we're living in holiness, if we're living in God's ways, the same as Him, if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's saying this. Every single one of you come to this party a mess. That's why you belong to Jesus before you belong to anybody. Because He comes and He saves you. And He takes your sin away. He takes away your shame. He takes away the things that you have to hide because if you look at a, a secular study, the reason why people don't belong is because they feel like they have to hide themselves from the group. In the kingdom, you don't have to hide yourself from the group because Jesus takes away your sin. And when Jesus takes away your sin and your shame, you can belong. That's why it says if we're in the light of season, then you can have fellowship with one another. Because we live in a community that's full of understanding. And we're all repenting all the time. So if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves. I, I, I do love it. I get scared to do this. But I know that if I ask for a repentance call on a Sunday morning, hey guys, who needs to repent of something? I know that only the brave will stand. But I'm also human. I know that every single one of you should stand. Because we are all ashamed of our sin. And every single one of you, there was an element of sin in your life this week. I can guarantee you. Not one person sits here spotless, pure. There is one, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> and when we all come in our brokenness, in repentance to him, he forgives. You don't have to hide from us. We don't have to hide from one. You don't have to hide your brokenness. We can trust God together. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar. Don't sit there this morning and call God a liar. He is perfect. And showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. This last thing, and uh, Michael, you can come up. You can just, just you on the guitar. 
in the, in the final moments of the Last Supper, Jesus sums up all he said to his disciples. He says this. He's taught them, he's taught them all the principles, he's taught them all the ways, and I have skipped a lot of scripture. I'm sorry, I can go and re-emphasize it. He, he summarizes with this. He says to them, if you, by the way that you love one another, that you set out this journey to become a disciple, if you want the world to know that you are my disciples, they'll know by the way that you, the terrorist, love you, the betrayer. The way the tax collector and the zealot and the way the fisherman, he says, by your love one for another, so will everyone know that you are my disciples. They will know that you belong to me by the way that you belong to each other. I want to ask you this morning, does the world look at your life and the way that you belong to the believers and does that show them that you belong to Jesus? Your lifestyle and your, the way you give yourself will reflect who you belong to. If it's working all day, every day, you belong to the workplace. If you're a workaholic who takes work home and doesn't give time, if it's my hobbies at all costs, you belong to your hobbies. If it's my finances above all else, and my, I don't want to travel because of petrol, and I don't want to have people in my home because of finances, and I da, 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 then you belong to money. But if it's love one another, if, it, if it's this, it's you belong to Jesus. And so this morning, this is my cry to us. Every one of us have the need to belong. And Jesus is extending the invite this morning with a call to your greatest need. I want to call you into fellowship. I want to call you into community. First with me and then with each other. I'm done. I can stop the time. I went too long. 40 minutes. But I want to say this. This morning, will you hear the call that the Lord is asking you? And the call comes with commitment. There comes a commitment to the call that Jesus, when he called those to come and follow him, the commitment was, okay, you can follow me, but then you need to have commitment to this thing. And so I felt two things this morning. I felt like the Lord wanted to re-emphasize. Maybe, maybe some of us have served Jesus 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. This morning he wants to ask you again, do you want to follow me? Because I want you to commit to my body. I want you to commit to living this out. I want you to belong to me. And so if there's anyone that wants to respond to that this morning, I, I know I'm responding. I'm saying like, God, I want to commit. I want to follow you. Maybe you haven't followed Jesus in the way that you've loved others. Maybe you haven't had your home open. This morning, I'm asking for a commitment from us. saying like, guys, will you love these people around you? Will you belong to Jesus first? And then will we belong to one another? And we're going to talk about further on in the weeks and in our comm groups about what does that look like? But this morning, it always starts with the heart first. Jesus always comes and he grabs your heart first. You're mine. And he wants you to belong because he wants what's best for you. Um, Dan asked me to just quickly share something that I went through a while ago. Um, I've heard it said that a truth is only yours once it's been tested in your life. And this was the case for me. Um, I got saved when I was about 18 years old. 
And from the time that I got saved, belonging to Jesus and belonging to his church was incredibly important to me. It was something that I devoted my life to and then got married. And again, Dan and I did that together then um, and built community. And that was just the way that we lived. And then we moved here to Cape Town and um, we had some existing relationships, but started to build new relationships. And then we hit a little bit of a wall in our lives and Dan stepped down from ministry for a time and my world came crashing down for a number of reasons and I just went through a really tough time. And it was also COVID in the middle of that and we were building new relationships so there was a lot happening with me. But this thing of belonging, I went through a a testing time in, in that regard and Um, I started to just slowly feel like an outsider in in every situation and even existing relationships on the inside of me, I no longer felt like I was known or even maybe wanted to be known anymore through pain and things that I was questioning and um, it's hard to even explain but I went through a time where it was just hard to even be a part of people and Um, when Dan was saying you could be in a room full of people and feel lonely or isolated I started to feel that and and then it's a bit of a cycle because you feel that way you withdraw from people and um, you share less and less about yourself and obviously that bears fruit and people know less and less about you and um, and one of the things that I found was when we when we were in ministry um, I, it felt to me as if people were drawn towards us or made an effort to, to know us. And, and when we had stepped down, it felt as, it felt as if the enemy was just um, highlighting things to me that um, that, that, that was why people wanted um, to know me and that was why people um, were around me. And, and now there was this awkwardness in relationships and he had a field day with me in that regard. And um, fast forward, I was wrestling with this thing and try to make sense of it, um, but I wasn't in a great space. And um, I went on this camp and I didn't even really want to go on the camp, but I could see God was moving around me and I could see he was working in other people's lives, but I even started to feel distant from him. Um, I remember praying with someone and saying, I can see I can see God is working in other people's lives, but I just feel even even in that regard like an outsider there. And um, in any case, I, I asked someone to pray with me and I just said, like, I think I've hardened my heart and I think because of pain and, and even shame and a whole lot of things in my life, I've um, hardened my heart towards people and the Lord. And, I, and, and this thing of belonging is, um, I, I need God's help. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to do this. And so that was my prayer, and um, that sort of ended. And then the next morning, someone else, someone was sharing, a lady was sharing, it was Nordine. And I sat at the back, and I don't even remember what she was saying. And the Holy Spirit just came over me and, um, and started to speak to me and started to show me things. And, and he said to me, I had I'd almost thought because we had stepped down, I no longer belonged. And that was sort of the lie playing in my, in my mind. But I felt the Lord say, I'd never belonged properly. And this thing that happened had actually just offset that in my life. And, um, and I was actually unstable in my belonging. And, and that was why 
the, the hurt and the difficulty and circumstance had caused me to withdraw is because I hadn't belonged properly. And that the Lord, he said, he said this to me, he said, you belong to me by faith and then you belong to others by faith. It's not, um, it's not because of them. It's not because of circumstance. And, and it's regardless of circumstance. It's regardless of whether people even want to know you or show an interest or um, whether people have you in their home. or it, it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. You belong in faith to me, and then you belong because you belong. And I, the Lord just healed me in that moment. And I literally came back home a different person. You can ask Dan. I battled with capacity even in my heart and um, I'd really just been going through a tough time and I came back with my heart open and ready to love people, ready to pour into other people and, and ready to really just belong. And, and it was a work of God um, that he did in me and, and he set me free to, to love him and to belong to, to you guys. I really feel like the, the Holy Spirit wants to do that with us this morning. The same thing. He wants you to belong. And so I wonder if you want to respond, if you can just stand with me. Like, I just want to, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and do the work this morning. That what Sam was saying is what he wants to do. He, he wants to make you belong. He doesn't want you to be externally pressured because you belong to Him first and it's through faith. And so, Lord Jesus, I come and ask you right now, would you come and do something? Look at us. We're standing before you saying like, God, we want to belong. We want to be a part of your kingdom. We want to be a part of what you're doing. But there's a need inside of us. And would you come and meet that need this morning, Lord Jesus? Holy Spirit, I ask by your power that you would come and speak to us right now with those feelings of being on the outside or those, those feelings of I'm not a part of it or they're a part of it or those division feelings inside of us. Holy Spirit, did you come and address that right now in our hearts? Come Lord Jesus, you're the only one who can do it because it's you that we belong to first. And so as you're standing, I'd love to ask if you, if you maybe don't feel like you belong to Jesus at all and everyone else is busy receiving for themselves, if you feel like you don't belong to Jesus at all and that's the first step for you, I wonder if you could raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you this morning. I'd love to invite him to come and just be with you and come and reach out to you this morning. And so if that's you, if you could put your hand up. I'm gonna, there's some people around you. I'm going to ask them to pray for you. That's amazing. There's some guys at the back guys can grab them and there's a lady over here this is an incredible thing this morning this is an incredible moment of Jesus saying you belong to me and so Lord Jesus I pray and, and maybe if you gathered around them maybe you could just pray with the guys now and ask them to invite Jesus to come and be with them that they would surrender their lives to him and so for the rest of us, it's just, Lord Jesus, I ask this morning that you would come and do only what you can do by your power. I pray that the, the, the fear of shame of who I am would be removed right now. I pray that by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, with those who feel like they're on the outside, I pray that something changes in them right now, Lord Jesus. I pray where there is capacity struggles, even that some of us saying, I want to, but I don't have time or money or I don't have anything to bring. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would settle them in their heart right now. That they belong to you, Jesus. 
And I thank you that there is no one else that I would rather belong to than the one who removes my shame. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worship you.